welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show that, that ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Exxon Anderson, and he is a speaker, author, and negotiation expert. Welcome to the show, Exxon. Thank you, AJ. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And also you are a podcast host, The Principles Podcast. And it is nice to have another podcast host to talk to, and especially with better, you know, valuable qualities like being a speaker, author, and negotiation expert. What do you do in terms of being a negotiation expert, Excel? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I wrote a book that was seen on Forbes. Um, about how to get past gatekeepers to the decision maker. And I think that we are constantly negotiating, whether we realize it or not, we're negotiating even with people we love in our families, but we're also negotiating when we're trying to get our idea or our business in front of another business or try to sell to another business. And it's very important to learn those principles of negotiation when you're trying to get your product or your service or your business idea in front of the right people. And that's right. what I try to teach people. Right. Right, Excel. And that is where we'll be talking about how to get past gatekeepers to the decision maker. And that's a dilemma always in our lives. How to exactly talk to the right people, reach to the right people, and especially in business. You have been in a, in, on the sales side, an expert on sales and negotiation, and been in the trade chest for well over a decade. So how do a person... Who is, uh, who is doing business? Firstly, how does he know? Or being in a, on the sales side also, a lot of people are on the sales side trying to put their uh, product or services or even their ideas to the right people, trying to reach to the right people. But as a salesperson, how would you know who is the decision maker? Who exactly is going to take the decision in a particular situation? And then how do you find that key to that particular this is This is a great question. So the only good answer is that every, every business is different. And so when you start talking to a business, you've got to find out who it is. Now, the way that I do that is I start high. In other words, I have no problem calling the CEO. Now, some people say, well, I don't need to talk to the CEO. I need to talk to somebody lower. Well, here's the interesting thing. When you talk to the let me let me give you an example. If I just call in and want it, let's just say I have some technology that I want to sell. And the person who can help me, I think, is the director of technology. Well, if I just call in and ask to the for the director of technology, a lot of times they may say, well, we're maybe they're interested, maybe they're not. But sometimes it's not the director of technology that I need to speak to. Sometimes they're not really the right person. But if I if I call to the CEO and I say, let's say I speak to their secretary. And the secretary says, you know, the CEO is not the right person to talk to. You need to talk to so-and-so. Now, whoever that person is, usually I will have already sent an email to the CEO and I can ask that secretary to forward the email. I might say something like this. I say, you know what? Thank you so much for letting me know. Do you mind just forwarding that email to the right person and copying it to me? And most of the time or many times they will do that. And when they do that, it's so much easier to get into the right person when someone from the CEO's office, whether it's their secretary or their receptionist or their assistant, 
is forwarding an email copied to me than it is for me just to send an email into the other side. So when you're trying to find out who's in the organization, the first step is to call in. And I always like to start at the top and then listen. Now, here's the next thing. When people start talking, you'll start to ask questions. They'll say, you know, this is the product I have. I just like to know who I need to speak to. And they'll start saying, sometimes they'll just name a name or two. When they're, when, they're, when they're talking, it's so important to listen to everything they say and then take notes, especially of names of people. They may mention, mention titles of people. As you're listening, take notes. And because it's oftentimes going to take longer than just one time to get in, you might have to call in and they say, well, you need to speak to so-and-so or you need to speak to so-and-so. And you're listening to every name they say, and you're noting it because when they send you to somebody else, they may, you may get a voicemail and you may have to call back another day. But as you're doing this, you're making a map of the organization. You're trying to figure out who the real decision maker is, because even though people have titles, oftentimes they're not the decision maker. And so I wish I had some silver bullet, but the truth is every organization's different. But if you can start kind of at the top, even if you don't get the top person, but you get one of their assistants or helpers, listen to everything they say and note it. You'll start to get an idea. It's a okay. great question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So if we know that we got to start from the top, then right. how do we deal with the gatekeepers? Firstly, to understand, are gatekeepers a hindrance or a helper? How do we turn them into, it's like a receptionist. You went, go into an office and she might stop you and she won't let you in because you don't have an appointment. And then you can work out something which can help you and get straight to the person. But gatekeepers, and especially when it's an online world, you can directly reach to the person involved, but then there are so many people also in between. How should you look at gatekeepers? Are they the problem for you or you can turn them into something valuable for you. How do you do that? They're, they're your best alliance. They're your best friends, your gatekeepers. If, if you can see them as an, as a, as a, as a someone who can help you now, let me, let me just give you, let me, let me back up a little bit and tell you a story. I had a problem AJ with my bank account once and I, and I went, this was many years ago. And so I went down to this bank to try to figure out this problem with my account. Well, there was this gentleman there. Let's just call him Jeff. Um, we'll call him Jeff. Jeff helped me figure out this problem with my account. When he was done, I said, hey, Jeff, can I get the email to your boss? And he, and he looked at me kind of funny. He said, why do you want the email to my boss? And I said, I just appreciate what a great job you've done helping me with this problem, figuring it out. I'm just going to write a quick email and tell him what a great job you did. And by the way he reacted, AJ, I could tell he was a little bit surprised. He wasn't used to getting positive feedback. But I went back to, uh, I went back after, after this interaction and I, I typed on my computer a quick email to his boss. So I had Jeff's email on his business card and I also had the boss's email. And I, and I wrote an email that said something like this. And it was a sincere email. I, it wasn't something that was just fake. It was, it was a real honest email. I just said, Dear Mr. Branch Manager, I had the opportunity of working with Jeff. He was very professional and helpful. I think he deserves a raise and a promotion. 
That's what I said. And I sent it to Jeff's boss and I copied Jeff on the email. Well, I got to tell you, I didn't think anything else about that. I sent it to Jeff's boss, copied Jeff on the email. It took me maybe three minutes. Well, I went back to that same bank, uh, maybe several days later, maybe a week later or so. And I'm standing in line. There were about 10 people in line in this bank. And something happened to me, AJ, that had never happened before. As I'm standing in line, somebody came up to me. Now, it was not Jeff, and it was not the, it was not the branch manager. It was somebody else. They came up to me, and they said, Mr. Anderson. So they knew my name. They said, Mr. Anderson, may I help you with your banking? Now, I was surprised, and I said, well, well, sure. They said, follow me. They took me from the back of the line, and they let me do my banking in front of everyone else. And that never happened before. And it didn't happen until after I had taken the time to say this nice thing about Jeff to his boss. Well, it happened again and again and again. It happened to this bank where I'd show up and I was at the back of the line. They let me do my bank in front of everybody else. And again, it didn't happen until I'd done this. Now, I, might, I ask people, I say, well, why do you think that happened? And some people say, well, it was probably because you, Jeff... Jeff told other people that you were nice and, and they wanted to get a compliment too, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, the truth is I don't know why. But here's the interesting thing. If you fast forward, you know, fast forward about uh, several years later, I was sitting in New York City, in New York. Uh, well, just outside of New York City, actually, but in that same area. And I'm sitting across from this high-level director in New York. And he just, he looks at me and he says, you are the only salesperson I have ever let into my office. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I was surprised because competition was very fierce for this product I had to sell. So I was surprised. And um, now to be fair, maybe he meant, you know, you're the only salesperson I've let into my office about this particular product. But that's not what he said. He said, you're the only salesperson I've ever let into my office. And then he said something really, really interesting. And I'm not going to tell you quite yet what exactly he said, but let me ask you this. I ask people this. I say, what do you think I did to get in front of this high level director in New York and be this, and have him say, you're the only salesperson I've ever let into my office. And, and when I ask people that question, AJ, they have, there's different, there's different questions, but I'm going to tell you the answer. Okay. The answer is it was almost the same thing. I did at the bank. This is what happened. I sent an email. Um, I actually sent an email to this director. What do you think happened when I sent an email? Well, I'll tell you what, nothing. He, they totally ignored me. They didn't answer my email. Nothing happened. Well, I called in uh, a few days later, maybe several days later, I called in to follow up on this email and I said, Hey, can I speak to can, can I speak to, we'll call him Bob. Can I speak with Bob? And his secretary picked up the phone. When I, when I, when I called in, his secretary was on the phone and said, Bob is unavailable, which by the way, you hear that all the time. Okay. Um, and I said to, to the secretary, I said, you know, well, maybe what I can do is just resend that email that I'd sent before. But do you mind if I copy it to you to make sure Bob gets it? And she said, Sure. And then we just started talking a little bit. And I noticed that the secretary was very friendly. She was kind of fun to talk to. She had a, she had a friendly kind of bubbly personality. 
And I just mentioned to her and I, and it was sincere. And I, here's the truth. You can't give compliments unless they're sincere. They've got to be real. But I said to her, I said, you know, I talk on the phone all the time and, uh, it, I really, really appreciate you being so professional and helpful. You're just fun to talk to. Thank you. And she said, well, thank you. And I said, you know what? I said, hold on a second. I'm going to mention that to your boss. And so right while she was on the phone with me, I typed fast. I said, dear Bob, I had the opportunity of working with Janice. She was very professional and helpful. I think she's an asset to your team. By the way, I'm going to be in New York on these days. And I sent the email while she was still on the phone with me to, to Bob. So it's a, this email that has a compliment about her to Bob. And I copied her on the email. And then I sent it to her and I said, I said, hey, did that email come through? And she said, well, let me check. There was a little pause. And then she said, yeah, it came through. And then she paused a little more and she said, hey, thank you for the compliment. And I said, well, I meant it. I I meant it. I hope you have a great day. That was it. That was the conversation. Now, fast forward back to this, to this, uh, where I'm sitting in this high level with this high level director in New York and New York. And he says, um, he said, you're the only salesperson I've led into my office. The next thing he said was the reason you you're here is because you were nice to my secretary. He said, I talked to my secretary more than I talked to my wife. And some of these salespeople don't understand that, you know, that's treating people the way you want to be treated. Just, you know, we all want to be treated a certain way, treating them. And now I've heard some sales trainers say, if you can't get past the secretary, you should act a little indignant and say, well, now who are you and what is your title? And I disagree with those. I disagree with those completely. I think you should be treating secretaries, assistants, administrative assistants, executive assistants, whatever, whatever that gatekeeper is, treat them like gold and try to do something that's unexpectedly nice, that's sincere. You don't want to be insincere. You want to find something that they're actually doing right that's sincere. And so um, this is a good question. These are I've been able to sell to organizations all throughout the United States. I've sold to small governments in the United States. I've sold to associations and, and other organizations inside. And one of the things I've found is just treating the secretary, the administrative assistant like Golden. Oftentimes, you can do that by complimenting, right? Um, so let's talk about this for a guess. So let's just say I have an organization I want to sell to. And AJ, these are such good questions. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, it, I have this organization. I have no idea who I'm going to talk to. I might start with the CEO or the person, the president, whoever it is that's at the top. And I might call in. Usually they won't answer. Usually it will be their secretary. And I'll say, hey, and, and by the way, you don't need to be polished. You can just sometimes just acting natural and normal. Even if you're tripping over your words, that's okay. If you just say something like, you know, uh, my name is Xane Anderson. And, I'm, and I just need to figure out who I need to talk to about this particular thing. And they'll say, well, it's not the CEO. And I'll say, oh, okay. And they say, they, they might say, well, it's Bob in technology or it's, or it's Carrie in uh, human resources or it's, and they're starting to say a few names, every single thing I'm writing down, I'm writing Bob technology, Carrie, human resources. I'm writing down everything that she's saying. And then when I call in and I even get her name, let's say her name is Sandra. When she, when she forwards me down to, let's say Bob, 
I'm going to say her name too. I'm just going to say something like, you know, Sandra mentioned uh, that you might be in charge of this, Bob, or, or, or let's say Bob's secretary answers. And I might say, Hey, how are you? You know, Sandra mentioned Bob might be the person to handle this. Just want to see. So I'm not using a script. I'm just talking naturally, normally, because when you have a script, sometimes it comes across as canned and people don't want to, they don't like that. Uh, they just want to be talking to someone who's just normal, natural. And so remembering people's names makes it seem more normal, natural. It makes it sound like you're kind of an insider. Um, and, and, and you are because you're remembering, you're remembering who they are. So these are good questions. Um, and I could talk a lot longer if you want, I will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Got you. Got you. Okay. Well, well, let me, let me tell you one other thing to think about when you're doing sales. One of the things to remember, well, let's see back up even further. There are principles that govern human relations. Let's talk about principles for just a second. So I'm going to back up and talk about a scientific principle, the scientific principle of gravity. You know, gravity works here. Gravity is what's keeping me sitting here in my chair. Gravity works where you are, AJ. Gravity works all over the world. I mean, it works in Asia. It works in Africa. It works in, in Europe and Antarctica, North Pole, South Pole. Gravity's everywhere. In fact, gravity even works in outer space. I mean, it keeps the moon going around the earth. It keeps the earth going around the sun. Right. Millions of miles away, there are clusters of galaxies spinning around, held, to held together by gravity. Gravity's everywhere. Now, when you, so this, there's this principle, gravity is just there. Now, when you come in contact with any principle, you have a couple of options. You can either respect it and align with it, or you can ignore it to your peril. So let me give you an example. Sometimes I'll teach a class and I'll ask people, I'll say, how could you align with gravity to say, make you money? And let me tell you what some of the participants in different classes have told me. They say, they say things like, well, you could start a skydiving company and you could let people jump out of a plane and the gravity would pull them down and, and you would have that you could sell skydiving. Um, you could build a hydroelectric dam across the river and it would make electricity. You could start a ski resort. You know, there's places in, in, in Colorado and Utah where I live that have there where people will pay a lot of money to go skiing. Um, you could do a bungee jumping. Well, here's the thing. If I respect gravity, I could build a business that would make a, a lot of money with gravity. But what if I ignore gravity and I'm careless with it? Well, I could fall off a cliff and die, right? So gravity's just there. Gravity could either make me wealthy if I respect it and listen to it, or I could fall off a cliff and die. Well, that's a scientific principle, you know, gravity doesn't change. The only thing that changes is, did I align with it or did I ignore it? Now, there are principles when you're selling to people that are just as real as gravity. And I'll tell you one of them that we just touched on. I call it the golden rule. There may be other better names for it, but I call it the golden rule, which is you treat people like you want to be treated, which means no matter where they are on the spectrum, you treat them with respect. So some people would say, well, I'm not going to treat a secretary very well because she's not that important. I disagree with that because that's like ignoring gravity. It's like falling off a cliff, right? When I talk to any, anybody in any organization, 
I try to remember their name, try to remember who they are, even if they say something. So let's say I'm talking to the secretary and she said something like, you know, I'm just kind of frustrated because my embroidery machine broke down and I'm just, that has nothing to do with the sale, but I might note that down when I call in again, I might say, Hey, did you fix your, did you get your embroidery machine fixed? Every little detail I can remember about everybody, I'll, I'll note it down. And I have a system. So if you're trying to get past, you need to have some kind of way to take notes because to get into these organizations may take longer than you think. Um, you may have to call back two or three times. You might have to call back 10 times. You might be able to get in on, on one time. But every time I call in, I'm noting, I'm learning people's names, learning people's titles. And then when I call in, I'm just acting really natural and saying, you know, I talked to Bob last Thursday. He mentioned that Sander might be the right person. And by the way, did you get your embroidery machine fixed? I mean, and just kind of things where I remember little details and I'm not sounding like I'm on a script. You don't want to sound like you're on a script. You just want to talk. Hey, it's good to hear. I hope, hope you're doing well, Sandra. I, and I tried Bob last week and he, I guess he was on vacation in Hawaii, man. You know, and then in, when, when she says, well, he's out of town in Hawaii or he's out of town in California or, or he's visiting someplace, you're literally noting every single thing. And, and when you call back in, you, they, you, they feel important because you remember the details about them. Does that make sense? And that's like aligning with the golden rule. Then if I could find something sincerely to compliment about, like, hey, you did a great job and compliment them to their boss, say something nice about them. So when I send, I'll often send an email, but then when I call back into the secretary, nobody's read the email. So I can say, I can, I can send it again to the boss, but then put a, a sincere compliment about the secretary or somebody in the organization and copy that person on the email so they can see that they're being complimented to. And um, I found that that's very effective because like gravity, it aligns with the golden rule and it doesn't ignore the golden rule. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. It also makes sense that you have a formal education in psychology, except a lot of people. So you understand these things better than others. Maybe you have woven those into while you were doing your sales thing. Maybe you have a better quality of understanding of humans. So you understand their feelings. That's why you are an empathetic uh, speaker. But what about normal human beings who are on to the sales side or who want to reach to other people, but and perhaps do not understand there is too much pressure of breaking through, meeting their targets, making that sale. How they can still be humans, still be, you know, caring about the people that they interact in the process and still make that success without sounding so salesy. How do you do that? Oh, super good question. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, AJ, for your question. So first of all, I got to tell you, you don't have to have a degree in psychology to be great at sales. You really don't. Psychology, you know, in, in some ways, sometimes, you know, I went to school for psychology, but sometimes they make things too complicated. And really, in reality, if you can remember to just treat people like you want to be treated and do it in an unexpected way, you know, if you can treat everyone you meet, if, if the viewers, you, me, everyone, as if they had a sign on their head that said, make me feel important. Now, and do it in a sincere way, not in a, you know, if you're, if you're doing it in an insincere way, you know, that's called flattery. People sense it. So if people really are being rude, you don't need to say, Hey, you're so polite. 
it's not true. But if people really are, try, are doing something that's good, that even if it's just a little thing, like let, let me give you an example. A, a, a psychologist, let, let's, we'll talk psychology for a second here. A psychologist would say, oh, I know what you did. You did something called positive reinforcement. Well, let me tell you, for those of you listening, positive reinforcement is a really complicated word, but it's a simple thing. It means when somebody does a behavior that you like, you reward it. So it's almost like if you can imagine little seeds, like when you're plant, if you're, if you're, if, if you're planting seeds in the ground, attention is like water. Behaviors are like seeds. I water the behaviors I want to see grow with attention. And so, um, let me give you a non-business example, okay? I'm going to give you a non-business, but then we're going to make it business, okay? So have you ever seen a parent, the kid walks in and the parent says, I can't believe you stayed up till three o'clock in the morning and you didn't make your bed and you're getting a C minus in your school class or whatever it is. That, that parent may be thinking that they're changing the behavior, but the reality is they're watering the behaviors they don't want to see grow with attention, and the, the research in psychology actually says that it's more effective to catch people doing something right than to point out what they're doing wrong. So um, let me give you one more non-business non example, and then I'm going to make it business. So my daughter one time, she got up in the morning, she knocked on my door early in the morning, and she said, Dad, guess what? Surprised. I got ready for school. I made my lunch. I made my bed. I'm ready to go to school. And I had just barely learned about this. And I went to my wife and I said, hey, this is a behavior we like. Let's give it a lot of attention. So I went out there and I said, you know what? Your bed looks great. Thanks for making your bed. I didn't even have to ask. You made your lunch. I didn't even have to ask. And I gave her a lot of attention. And my wife gave her a lot of attention too. Well, guess what happened? She did it again. And we kept giving it attention and she did it again. If you want to shape people's behavior, whether you're trying to sell to a business, whether you're trying to influence your children or, your, or anyone, because it's a principle like gravity, catching people doing something right is more effective than trying to punish them or point out what they're doing wrong. And so a psychologist would say, I know what happened at the bank. Jeff did this behavior, which was he helped you fix this problem with your account, and you immediately rewarded him with positive attention from his boss, right? When Janice lets you move the sale forward a little bit by, um, by letting you resend the email and copy it to her, you rewarded her with a sincere compliment about her to her boss, and that allowed you to go forward. Well, I think that's true, but if we can be the kind of people who are constantly seeing the good in others, and then and and it will help us in our business. And, and the best way to practice is when you're not doing work. So let me give you an example. My wife and I were at this restaurant. We're sitting at the restaurant. This waitress, she's, she was funny. She was making jokes with us. She was doing all kinds of things. And I just said to my, and I, and I said, hey, why don't you get your boss over here? Well, she did. She got her boss over there. And I, and I said, you know what? So she was standing right there and the boss was standing right next to her. And I, and I, and it, this was a sincere compliment. I said to her, you know what? My wife and I have had such a great time with this waitress. She's made us laugh. She's been funny. We've had a good time just being here with her. I would drive across town just to come to this restaurant because of her. You give her a raise and a promotion. 
Well, she was surprised. The boss left. She came back to our table later. And I got to tell you, AJ, she had tears in her eyes. She said, you are the best table I've ever waited. Now, I couldn't get, I wasn't trying to sell anything to that restaurant. I was just trying to be nice. But by keying into what she was doing, if you can become that kind of person, when you do find a secretary, you do find a vice president of something or, and you're just being nice and say, you know what, really appreciate you being so helpful and professional. I'm just going to mention that to your CEO, or I'm just going to mention that to your boss. And it, and it feels natural because it's just the kind of person that you are. People doors will open when people are sincerely recognized for who they are. And it's not because you're doing anything right. It's because you're aligning with gravity, the golden rule, right? You're aligning with something about treating people the way you want to be treated. And, um, that's, that's more important than a degree in psychology. You know what? If you just learn that one thing, if you just say, I'm going to treat people like I want to be treated and I'm going to try to surprise them, you don't need a degree in psychology. Anyone can do this, AJ, who just decides to, to treat people right. And so, um, just, just wanted to let you know that. And it was a super good question. Thank you, AJ. Thank you. Thank you, Exit. Now, for people who want to uh, get to the top and talk to the decision maker, when they are going through this process, how do they manage both the things? Building relationships, ensuring that those relationships are built and also keeping an eye on the uh, sales part. How do you manage that? Sometimes you do not have that uh, time. You are in that pressure of making that sale or to get that answer quick. How do you still ensure that you are not uh, uh, misbehaving with people or making people feel uh, low or not so great about themselves and even if you reach the decision maker uh, you may not feel good about it but how do you manage the relationship as you said with the receptionist with the gatekeeper with every other person along the way to Bob how do you do that and even whether you make a sale or not sale but still be focused on that point of starting that whole process in the first place yeah, it's a great question. So number one, um, when you're selling to an organization, I think it's important to have the expectations correct that this may take a little while. So if you're calling up an organization, now here's the thing, you might have an organization with five people or 10 people or with a million people or 10,000 people. When you're selling to an organization, you have to be able to get to a decision maker because a lot of times the decision makers, there might be a handful of them. There might be just a certain level that could sign the contracts that could um, execute the, uh, that could get you a check for your product. And when you first call them, you don't know who those people are. And so every, every time I'm calling in, I'm trying to, to just figure out. And a lot of times those gatekeepers, they'll give a lot of information. They'll just say, you know what, the real person you need to talk to is so-and-so, or this is the, the vision you need to talk to, or I'm going to transfer you over to Mike in accounting, or I'm going to transfer you to so-and-so in technology. Every time that person says anything, I'm writing it down, knowing that that first call, it may not happen. So for salespeople or sales teams or sales organizations, 
they need to realize that it might take a number of calls. And so if they're saying, well, goodness, if I don't get it right now, that pressure causes, if, 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 if people in the other end of the line can sense that, that you're under a lot of pressure, they oftentimes, it turns them off. And so whoever's managing sales teams, whoever's man or the salespeople themselves need to realize to be patient and it may take three calls or five calls or 10 calls. It might take, you might be able to get it done in a day or two, but it might in some organizations might take you a few months. And what's happening is, is when you're calling in, what you're really trying to do is build that relationship. Now, here's the thing. When you're building a relationship, the little things are the big things. Okay. The little things that you think don't matter are actually the things that actually can get you the sale. So I talked about this embroidery machine. This actually happened one time. There was a lady who said, I'm so frustrated that my embroidery machine broke down, had nothing to do with the sale. Well, I typed it into my little, I have a little, I, I actually use Salesforce. There's a lot of CRMs you can use, but I, t- I typed it in and just said, Hey, her embroidery machine broke down. And so because I talked to so many people, I didn't want to forget that detail. And when I called in, here's one of the good ways to manage relationships, use people's names, remember the details about them and, and then just talk in a non-scripted casual way. Kind of like you and I are talking right now, just kind of, you know, Hey, AJ, thanks for having me on the show. I don't have a script. There's nothing I'm reading. I'm just talking to you. And when people can sense that you're not reading a script, when they can sense that you're just being normal and natural, your chances of getting into that organization go way up. Okay. Now, um, but then I'm noting details. So if she said, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get your message. I was, I was out cause I was sick last week. I'm going to note that because when I call back in the next time, cause I realize this might take a while. I'm being patient. When I call in the next time, I might just like, Hey, how are you feeling? I know you were sick last week. <laughs> And she's now realizing, wait, this guy really knows who I am. I'm not just some voice on the other end of the line. To him, I'm a real person. He's treating me like I'm important. He remembered the detail that I was sick. Remembering the little details that don't have anything to do with the sale, when you call back in, help you inch the sale along. And the way you do that is you you remember the details about the secretary. You remember the details about whoever it is you talk to. And you remember their names and you're writing them down. You're putting them in your CRM or Salesforce or whatever you have. And then when you call in, you just sound normal and natural because you can say, hey, you know, last Thursday I spoke with Bob and he said Sandra was the one that we needed to talk to. But Sandra, I guess, I guess she was sick last week. Sorry to hear that. And I'm just, do you see how I'm not scripted? I'm just, I'm just talking like a normal person. That normal person approach helps way more than a script. And so there's no... Um, the principle behind this AJ is treat people the way you want to be treated and you're still keep that goal. So you, you, you asked, you asked a super good question. How do you keep it? Of course, my goal behind this is still to say, I need to get to the right person. And once I find that person to get an actual appointment with them and then have a chance to present, but I'm telling you, if you, if you don't treat the secretary, right, the secretary who a lot of people look down on. They say, well, she's just the secretary. She's just the assistant. I got to tell you, you would be surprised how many organizations in the United States, the secretary is the mom of the CEO. You would be surprised how many times the janitor is a close friend of someone who's high up. Treating everyone in the organization, remembering their names, 
because they're the ones who open the doors for you. When you treat everyone with respect, regardless of their title, regardless of whether you think they're high or low in the organization, that helps open the doors more than people realize. And so some people say, well, I'm going to treat somebody who's important with a lot of respect and somebody who's not important with less respect. But in an organization, you treat everybody like gold, watch the doors open. And then of course, you still have that idea that I'm going to go in, but you need to have it. If you say, I'm just going to make one call. And if I don't get in, then I, then I can't get in. That's you've got to realize it's patience process. And I'm trying to build relationships with everybody. I know I'm trying to remember every's name. I'm noting everybody's name. And eventually if you do that, your chances of getting into a big organization and selling to a big organization go way up. So great question. I hope I answered it. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. And in fact, so let's get, get to the key to the gate and try to understand who actually holds the key to the gate. You have answered so many uh, questions uh, up till now, Xen, uh, and a lot of things can be considered as keys to the gate, but we'll understand more through your book, The Key to the Gate. What exactly is this book about, which has been featured in Forbes, uh, television, and other respected venues? Tell us about this book. How can we people, uh, how can people make the best use of this book? Well, the principles in the book are kind of some of the things we've just talked about. They're, they go into more depth in the book. So thanks for asking. But they basically are saying, uh, they go through step-by-step step what you would do and what you would need to do to sell to an organization. Um, and one of the things that's important to realize, and and I'll, I'll just say it, the key to the gate I'll say it. The world is upside down, AJ. The world is upside down. The people who will open the doors for you are oftentimes not the people who you think. So for example, at the bank, it wasn't the bank CEO that got me treated like a king. It was Jeff, a low-level employee. When I got into this guy in New York, to Bob in New York, it wasn't his CEO buddy or the senator or the congressman. It was Janice, a secretary. She held the key to the gate and treating her with respect and kindness was what opened those doors. Same with Jeff. So remembering that people need to feel important, remembering to take notes about things, remembering to just listen and, and figure out every organization is different. And so um, this book addresses some of those things. It goes through and shows you some examples about things you could or couldn't say, not in a script way. You want it, You don't want to be scripted. I, and, 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 you know, if, if any salesperson says to do something against the golden rule, I've heard sales trainers out there, AJ, that say, well, you should do this or you should do this. But then I ask myself, would I want a salesperson to do that to me? Like, let me give you an example. I've heard some salespeople say, well, you should, I, I've heard some, let me say this again. I've heard some sales trainers say, well, you should keep asking and asking and asking until they tell you no five times. I disagree with that. I don't think you have to be pushy. I don't think you have to be manipulative. I don't think you have to be dishonest. You want to treat people the way you want to be treated. And the best sales guys, I'm talking the best ones, the ones that make a ton of money. They're not pushy. They're not manipulative. They're not dishonest. They're just good guys who are just trying to help but they care about you and people sense it. 
And those are the kind of people who do really, really well. I hope that the book benefits people. Um, and uh, I, you know, if anyone is interested, I am happy to do a training anywhere in India if they want to talk about their specific situation. Um, but uh, those principles work everywhere, whether you're uh, in the United States, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in India, whether you're in Australia, treating people like you want to be treated and help making people feel important. And then even people who are less important aren't because they're the ones who are going to help um, just treat everyone like gold, like you'd want to be treated. And it's, it's, it's not rocket science. You don't need a degree in psychology and you can still, you still remember it. Right. Treat people like gold. And, and what about your podcast means uh, uh, the principal podcast? What do you do in that? Is it, is it the same well, about gatekeepers or what exactly? How do people get through to, to your podcast to listen more from you directly from you? Well, the principal podcast discusses these kinds of principles. So we've talked about the golden rule. We've talked about certain things. Um, the principal podcast is more geared towards helping any kind of relationship, but the principal podcast could also be geared, whether it's helping a marriage, where it's help, whether it's helping a troubled teen, whether it's helping children or whether it's helping business. The thing is, if I want to influence my family, if I want to influence my daughter or my sons or my, 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 my wife, they're the exact same principles as if I'm trying to influence and get into an organization. The principal podcast addresses that. Um, we're, it's more geared towards families and marriages, but I'm saying it's the same principle. If I want to, you know, like with my daughter, we talked about this before when she came and knocked on my door. Let's back up for a second. Less effective would be to, to wait till she sleeps in doesn't make her bed, doesn't make her lunch. And then I could storm into her room and say, how many times have I had to tell you to wake up and get on time? And you're, you're not doing it, anything that I say. Well, is that following the golden rule, which is treating people like you want to be treated? No. People want to be caught doing something right. So when I wait until she does something right, and when she does something right, I give her a lot of attention and say, wow, thank you so much. Your bed looks great. That's more effective. It's the same principle that will get you into a CEO. It's the same principle that will help a troubled teen. It's the same, the principles, there's only one set of gravity. And principles, if you can learn the principles that govern human relations, you can change almost anything by aligning with it. Now you can do everything right and people can still tell you no, but I'm going to tell you this. If you align with real principles, the chances of getting a yes out of a no situation go way, way up. So if people want to reach me, I, you know, the principal podcast, my name is Xane. It's E-K-S-A-Y-N. It's really wild. It's, it's spelled kind of, uh, it's a different name. Most, most people have never heard the name before, but you can find me on there. Um, so great question. Thank you, AJ, for asking. Thank you. Thank you. Now, my last, but before that, how do people connect with you? How do they reach out to you if they want to, you know, get your help, engage with you professionally? Well, I have two websites. I have one that's called X Factor Edge, which is X-F-A-C-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com. So xfactoredge.com. That's more of the sales training. That's more of the business side. 
you know, if someone wanted to, to arrange a training and in, uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast, be happy to do that either virtually, even I can do a live of those things. I also have another podcast, which is another site called just my first name.com. It's, it's xane.com, E-K-S-A-Y-N.com. Anyone could reach out to me there if they wanted to get a hold of me. I'd be happy to, to try to, uh, you know, reach out and we could discuss any option that you'd like. Right, right, excellent. Now, my last question to you, excellent, is that finally you have got the key to the gate. You have crossed to that other side. And you are into a big room and there is nobody here there. You are with yourself. But the only thing that remains with you is the product, your idea, your service, the relationship that you have built through. Either it's in personal life or is it professional life. When you are all alone in this present world, as you say, the world is upside down. When everybody is trying to sell through you, and because you need a job, you need to be employed, you need to bring bread to the table, food to the table. Sometimes it's very difficult to know about the product, about the service, about the idea. Many people sell to hospitals, they sell to children, they sell you don't know what. Even ideas that can be not very good today, but tomorrow it will be very dangerous to the very children that you say you negotiate with them for a betterment of their future. How, what do you do in an empty room like that when you know that you have opened the gate, the gatekeeper has opened to you because you were nice to him or her. But what do you do if the idea or product or the, or the thing that, that you have come with is not good enough? What do you do? You go back, you stay there, you move forward. What should be your guiding force? I ask this because this is such a relevant question for many in today's time, when you actually do not know what you are dealing with, where that is in your hands, and that can be a big burden going forward when you will be all alone, perhaps in a room like that. So are you saying that when you get inside the organization that you don't feel good about the product because it's not helping people? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'll be blunt. <laughs> if you can't feel good about the product that you're selling... Don't sell it. Now, I realize some people are saying, well, I've got to, I've got to make money for my family. Um, there are other ways to do it. And so there, you know, if you're, if you're selling a product that you feel is harming people or you feel is not helping people, um, the truth is you have a choice. I would say, don't do it. I mean, find something that you can feel good about. We don't want to be using our talents to be bringing more harm to the world. We want to be using our, our talents to be making life better for others. And so there's, I would hope that whoever's hearing this would have uh, trust enough and faith enough to say, okay, I'm going to, even if I, if I don't feel good, like I'm really helping people, I need to find something that I can feel good about because that's, that integrity piece, I mean, it's, it's like this. If you, if you align with gravity, you can build something that would make you rich. You could also fall off a cliff. Gravity doesn't change. If you align with the golden rule, which is I'm going to do the right thing and, and treat others like I want to be treated in everything, 
your ability to influence people will go up. But if you're, if you're really selling something that you don't believe in that's, or something that's harmful, it's like flirting with the cliff. It's like, and so be brave and find something else. That's my advice. Find a brave new world. <laughs> With this is a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. You were saying something. I just appreciate you, AJ, for, for having me on here. What an honor it is to be on your show. Uh, really appreciate you. You're a great interviewer. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show, AJ. What an honor. The pleasure is all mine, except someday we will do a podcast together from two different locations as co-hosts. Would love to. Would love to. And if and if you're ever in the, if you're ever in the United States in Utah, I consider you a friend, and I mean this. Come by. Let's have some dinner. You can come by. You can stay at our house. You're welcome. You're a friend, and and I'm, I'm inviting you now. If you're ever in this, if you're ever here, you, you're more than welcome to come anytime. You Thank and you. your family, whoever you'd like. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks again for having me.